0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on August the 31st, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my hate fluffer.
1: Hello, Commander.
0: It's (laughs) Caffeine Rage. (laughs) On today's show, we will be discussing uh, our Game Club game for the month of August. That is XCOM Enemy Unknown. We'll let you know what the next Game Club game is going to be for September. We're going to have a couple of news articles that were presented to us uh, on Discord. So those are going to be in the community corner. Roblox shenanigans and mass murder. And some gaming restrictions come and go. Finally, if time allows, we will have a Steam Discovery queue. Depends on how sleepy I am. In two hours from now, most likely. (laughs) Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello. Hello. Boy, we got some good, good, good Franken content from this one. Uh Discussing more or less the same things we were last year at this point in time in relation to uh, the COVIDs. And then I bitched about uh, Acer, who suck right now. I'm mad at them, but you'll get that in a, a Franken episode, relatively speaking, in the
1: near future. Well, it depends on uh, yeah how much you fall apart, right? Well, I mean, or you know, or, no, or I get flooded. I mean, let's be honest. Or I get flooded.
0: Granted, I'm probably fine. I've said this before. Like as far as elevation goes for my local area, I'm I'm decently high up. So if the flood gets to me, like
1: I'm truly well and truly fucked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, pretty much the same It might knock out the bridge uh, But I'll be high and dry in More than one way, I guess Yeah, but uh, Yeah We're Let's gonna... just put it this way, I'm out of the floodplain Yeah So, so there is that
0: I, I do have to brave leaving my My house on a hill To take my kid to school in the morning And then go into work
1: uh, to your
0: uh, sex, uh, sexy, sexist uh, people, right? My my sexy, sexist people. Yeah, I guess for anyone who follows me on Twitter, I posted a tweet that was talking about how the the, the, the boomers in my life that I know are the most sexist people that I know. <laughs> but it, it more than one person responded to that tweet and was like, I thought you said, like, sexiest. I'm like, yeah, I kind of get it. I get why that you would say that about well, something especially that with I you. said. Yeah. Now that checks out. I was not mad at all. But, no, it was sexist. Two people in my office are extremely sexist, both towards men and women. And don't even get me started on trans people and non-binary people and etc. Just to, to, the, to the two let's say classic genders? That's probably wrong too. Mm. Someone will correct me. But, you know, to the to the conservative view of what gender is um, sexist towards both of them, and it was just like they were out in full force today, sexism about like me and one of the other dudes in the office about like oh, men just can't not explain things, can they? It's like you, I wanted to say, I didn't say, but I wanted to say, you asked me a fucking question, bitch. I answered your <laughs> question. What do you mean, men can't just not explain things? But then, you know, being sexist towards other women, making like uh, pointing out, you know, like changes in weight and stuff like when my boss, she's like fifty five or fifty six. She told a story and f- like it was not important to the story at all. But she was like, yeah, I was in this class in, in college and the professor must have been like a 450 pound woman. And then just like goes on and nothing in the story related to the weight of the woman, which probably still would have been a, a sexist, like fat phobic thing to say. Mm-hmm. But it just like it never came up again. And I'm like, why would you do that? And it's like, oh, she's fat. It's like, who, I'm fat. Now, my weight, anyone's hey, weight is not that necessarily remark. important to the story. But it's, it's just like, yeah, they were out in full force today. They were in bad moods.
1: What, uh, were they out of horse uh, dewormer?
0: <laughs> my boss is fully had- vaccinated. It's so weird, like, the walking contradictions that some of these people are in my office. Because it's like...
1: Do you ever a- just want to
0: hand out Olympic medals for mental gymnastics? Oh, my God, yes. Because in, in one breath, it's like for for my boss in one breath, it's like, oh yeah, I'm vaccinated. Everyone should be vaccinated. I don't understand people who aren't vaccinated. And then we'll say something like ignorant immediately afterwards. And it's like, wait a second. Which side of the fence are you on? Which team do you play for? I just don't want my star David. <laughs> oh God. That's us not go there. That made me so sad when I saw that. That was that was a that was that was my mother stooping to a new low comparing covid to the holocaust on facebook nulo but i don't i don't it makes me even more sad somehow i don't want to talk about that anymore
1: let's let's go talk about that or you could, or you could tell her that i'm going to make some more ice cream so i could do that <laughs> let's go well let's go talk about games
0: instead um skipping over games we played this week going straight to game club Um, so for anyone who is new to the podcast, um, we're sorry. I'm I'm not welcome. Welcome to the madness. Um, (laughs) we, we try to engage this year has been the worst for it just because of how much stuff has happened. But typically we try to engage in monthly game clubs where we play the same game at the same time for a whole month and announce to the audience what we're playing. So if they want to play along, they can. And for this month, we played one that I think had been on our list for a while. Yeah. It was um, XCOM Enemy Unknown, which was the... The slash
1: Enemy Within.
0: Yes. Uh, which was the, I I don't know, reboot, uh, I guess is the correct word, of the XCOM yeah. franchise that came out uh, about I think 10 years
1: ago. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, okay. And just shy of uh, 10 years, North America was October 9th, uh, 2012. Yeah. Um, this is one I think both of us had played before, although me more yeah, than you. I'm, yeah, I've never beaten it in in my gameplay in the... Uh, for Game Club, actually, it's been my best game. It's only my eighth game total, because it keeps track internally of how many times you failed. Yeah. Uh, But it's also, yeah, me changing tactics, because, yeah, being... Ironically, a little less careful about protecting my guys and going for more firepower uh, early on, and pretty much any time somebody gets maimed, I uh, uh, okay, fine, uh, off with your limbs. <laughs> right. Um, I
0: have played. How many times have I beaten it? I beat it when it when it first released. I I got it on Xbox 360, and I beat it once there and then i've had it on pc for a while and, I, and i've beaten it once on pc with all of the dlc that what i played on xbox 360 was the base game playing it on pc was with all the dlc and then i have started numerous campaigns on higher difficulties or using mods like in particular the long war mod which we'll talk about some of the mods that we used and or did mm. not use um here here in in a, in a minute but yeah, so I've beaten the the game twice and have played it a lot outside of that. um, I played it some with a controller this time around. Keyboard and mouse, definitely the way to go. Like, I wasn't expecting it to not be. But it's one of those things playing it on Xbox it's like, I remember playing this on control with a controller. How well does it play
1: with a controller? And I mean, it's playable, but yeah, there's certainly... A couple, there, yeah, there's a couple of times, especially on some maps that have multiple levels, that... Even with mouse and keyboard, it could be frustrating yeah to to get to click exactly wh- where you want to uh-huh but yeah, yeah. if uh, yeah, if I was playing Iron Man mode, which is you yeah, no take backs essentially, I can't imagine uh some of uh, the number of restarts I would have to uh done because I would have lost very important or if not my entire squad because oh I misclicked, and uh my character. Jumped down, uh, uh, you know, a couple flights of uh, of a building and triggered like two or three pods. Yeah. So, generally
0: speaking, XCOM for anyone who doesn't know is a um, tactical sort of squad-based strategy or a turn-based strategy game. Um, the, the game is kind of divided into two parts. There's a base building and sort of strategy management layer although that's pretty light honestly and then the bulk of the game which is the tactical gameplay um where you've got a small squad even at its maximum expanded size it's still a relatively small squad um and you're doing missions on a map typically fairly similar objectives kill kill targets or capture something or destroy something aside from a few sort of key missions throughout the story Although they all still basically boil down to destroy the thing or capture the the opponent. Um uh there, there's a tech tree as you progress through the game, you can research new technologies based on alien stuff. Some of it feels near future, most of it is extremely sci fi. Um, you know, obviously aliens. So you start the game the with Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean you start the game with, you know, sort of equivalents of modern day technology there are no licensed weapons so you've got like generic assault rifle, generic shotgun, generic sniper, mm-hmm. etc. And then you end the game with like lasers and well you end the game with plasma weaponry you get lasers along the way. But you end the mm-hmm. game with plasma weaponry based on alien tech so you know it's definitely not shying
1: away from anything sci-fi which I, which I like um yeah and the thing about the <laughs> research tree is that it's very ambiguous on what you're researching. You'll sometimes get a hint on what it's going to unlock. But unless you know what's coming up, you know, you're just kind of a shooting in the dark. Which yeah. is a bit frustrating because there's no way to have an over- uh, overarching idea of what's what you're working towards. And that was kind of my problem in the beginning, whenever I first played this game ages ago, was that, okay, well, it talks about, yeah, you know, maybe this uh, breakthrough uh, may give you better weapons, which usually it does. Or I could just research better armor and, yeah, you know, be able to survive. So yeah. I would go for survival, but that would give the enemy another turn uh, to you know, gang up, and uh, the dice are bullshit. It's... Um, <laughs> Go on. It, uh, the, the game has essentially anti-streak mechanics in it, so that if you take enough bad shots in a row, eventually you'll get a good one, no matter how bad the odds are. Whenever you take a shot or use an ability that's not, you know, just point-and-click, there's a behind-the-scenes dice roll, based on a lot of factors, range, uh, 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 cover, uh, height advantages, uh, because the maps can have various levels, uh, abilities, that sort of thing. And you'll get a percentage to hit based off of that. Well, XCOM is infamous for missing on 95% rolls, because, right? Yeah. Which I know, I know. 95% still means 5% chance to miss. But there's that kind of visual disconnect whenever a, a, your guy misses and he's shooting in the complete opposite direction.
0: Yeah. They or could the, like, a really weird it. thing where that like it's like oh miss but it's like but you hit him. Like yeah. it, it hit him. What do you mean miss?
1: Yeah, or the miss hits somebody else, but yeah, you know, it doesn't count that. Yeah. Or even better is whenever the miss goes so far off track it actually uh hits a mission critical thing, and you know you either fail the mission or you lose meld, which is a mechanic of the enemy within uh, expansion that I guess we'll talk about in a little bit, right yeah,
0: but um that's you know that's sort of the tactical gameplay you're on a map, you're doing objectives um it's got sort of a action point system is wrong, everyone can do. D- two movements. Depending, two uh, yeah, two two actions basically. Unless you have an ability that lets you do more, but generally speaking, you can do two actions, which can but be firing. it
1: Usually ends your turn. Yeah, or ends you, that movement phase for that character.
0: Yeah, you can you can move once and then use an ability, or move twice, and you know it gives you like movement ranges, and it it does a good job displaying information visually most of the time. Like if if your movement is blue. Then that's you know considered like a a normal movement. If it's yellow, then you're sprinting, and that's using both of your movement action points um, or both of your action points on movement. There's certain you know, like we said, certain abilities that might let you uh, like f- for the the assault class has got run and gun, which lets you know if you activate that ability, then you can sprint and shoot. So you know move twice and then shoot.
1: Yeah. Or another um, good example is the sniper. Uh, I think last talent or very uh, near it is in the zone where if you kill a flanked or or, uh, a uh, enemy that's not in cover, uh, shooting does not consume an action. So with a particular mod I have, which whatever you discover, what they call pods of enemies. Essentially, enemies tend to run around in groups depending on the type of enemy. It's usually two to three, maybe four enemies. Like uh, mutants, uh, big burly, uh, uh uh looks like uh they uh they uh should be hanging out with Rex from uh Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh uh they usually run around in pairs of two. Maybe three uh chrysalids uh, may go up to four or maybe five. Which will uh zombify uh things that they kill, but they'll go in for melee, so you have a chance to finish them. Well, whenever you discover a pod in the base game, they get essentially a free action immediately, so they all scatter and go to cover. And I find that so irritating that I actually downloaded a mod and installed it that removed that free action. Yeah. I and, that it, it, and it can really unbalance things, but at the same time the uh, way that they would do it uh, especially for things that run in from melee or go into stealth mode, the uh, Stalkers. They'll immediately just go invisible, and then you have to sit and wait in Overwatch for a couple turns, when sometimes that's not an option.
0: Yeah, if the mission that you're on has a timer, you can't really waste time sitting around, you know, Overwatching.
1: You gotta you gotta move towards your objective. Or you know, gotta get that build, which is also on a timer, which we'll yeah. get to that. Yep.
0: Um let's see. The as other than the the tactical gameplay in the base building and in sort of um quote unquote strategy layer um as the XCOM um you know Defenders of Earth from the alien menace. Well um, as long as
1: you're the one mission that they choose to take that day, right? Right.
0: You have to um manage uh panic levels for various countries. And so if their panic level gets high enough, they pull out of XCOM, you lo- lose their funding. And if they all pull out, you you lose the game because it's like, you you know, everyone basically surrendered to the aliens. Um, you build your base, uh, power, science, you know, research labs, um, engineering workshops to, to build stuff um, to train your soldiers, um, satellite uplinks so that
1: you can, you know, launch
0: more satellites. The satellite coverage for countries in space, and also, uh, also so get extra bonuses. Down.
1: You start off with one on the home continent that you're on, but if you cover a continent, all the countries in it, you get the. I can't quite
0: remember what all of those bonuses are because of the uh, long,
1: long war that's clouded my my judgment uh, or my memory. Africa of which one is of which. all in, so you get a bonus on. Uh, uh, your overall funding. Uh, I want to say North America is. Uh, bonus to your aircraft. I I should be able to just pull it up because I'm here on the uh, wiki. So, Okay, so uh, here it is. Uh, North America, uh, air and space, 50% reduction on the cost and maintenance of aircraft. South America, we have ways, instant uh, uh, interrogation and autopsy research. Pretty much pointless by the time you get it. If you're not starting with it. Uh, expert knowledge. Laboratories and workshops cost fifty percent less to build and maintain. Future combat fifty uh of uh, that's Europe, uh, Asia future combat fifty percent discount on foundry projects and officer training school uh training. That's a weird sentence. And Africa's all in thirty percent increase in monthly income. And to get the bonus reward you have to get have between two and four satellites in a region or sorry two and five Europe has five countries in it or sorry, no no four sorry united kingdom is one but it's uh, on two uh lines here because right yeah but in in building your base um
0: all of the buildings get adjacency bonuses so if you put for example two uh satellite dump leaks together you know, next to each other, then you get an extra, like you know, free satellite you can launch, space or free space for a satellite you can launch.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, and that also works vertically. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> the thing is that uh, you know you gotta be really careful about it. And also, if you're not playing uh, in classic or harder, uh, the officer training school is in an in a, an unfortunate place to be able to put another satellite uplink. Yeah. And if you remove it, you lose all the bonuses from that, like, you know, having two extra XCOM uh, people, right? Which is very important. The default squad size is four, and you can get it up to six. Yeah, plus all the extra bonuses that come along with uh, the officer training school. So, yeah, right. Yeah.
0: But, um, you know, that generally describes the broad strokes of the gameplay. Building a base, doing missions, and succeeding at them. To keep and, getting, and getting XCOM, screwed over by
1: RNG. And then and occasionally,
0: screwed over by RNGs. And
1: occasionally uh, you'll have the council. So uh, that's the you know, kind of shadowy uh, go- uh, global government figure that is funding the XCOM project. Yep. Uh, Which, in case contact- you were
0: wondering, both you personally or anyone listening, and that's the honest movie trailers guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't really wondering, but yeah. Yep, nope, that's actually him. Um, not just someone with a similar voice. So that's well, cool. He's uh, also no- in, in XCOM 2. He does the voice of the same guy in XCOM 2.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll contact you with a specialized mission. Some of it's from the DLC, some of it's uh, uh, just special contracts. Uh, and they typically have better rewards. So they may give you extra scientists, extra engineers, which uh f- come into rebates for whenever you complete uh, uh foundry projects whenever you complete workshop projects whenever you uh research something it speeds it up uh they may reduce panic level they may just give you flat out extra cash which is always nice uh may reduce panic which is also really nice yeah uh, but they typically to deb- be they typically are more specialized and more story oriented so, uh where to go from here, right? Yeah. Kind um, of, uh, kind of uh, general thoughts about the game, uh, now that we've talked about the mechanics of it.
0: Yeah, and Br- Well, do you want me to, to talk about the ending of the game at all? Because I've beaten it I mean, I, I, I know, not. I
1: know somewhat of the ending, but it, I'll leave it up to you if you feel like it has to be talked about. You know what? I'll hold off. I don't feel like it really
0: has to be talked about um so i'll just i'll hold off and then if you want to talk about it when you beat it if if okay. you keep playing it we can always talk about it i assume, up- but i don't fall but,
1: off of it again and go go do something else right
0: yeah broad strokes i like it a lot i have always liked it but the things that i wish that it did differently xcom 2 fixed a lot Zetonauts. of those problems or xenonauts definitely but XCOM 2 fixed a lot of those problems um, with, with XCOM 1. You know, better sort of control me- methods, better better feedback on what you're doing and, and what does what. A little bit more weapon and equipment variety. Um, a little bit more variety in the classes. The ability to be sneaky and sort of stealth around a map and pick up um, enemies' line of sight as long as you're not being spotted so that... Uh, you can avoid triggering pods like that if you're careful. At least not until the moment where you have to. Less... It, it. Too many missions are on timers in XCOM 2, but there are less things in the missions that operate on timers like the meld does, for example. But, um... You know, I I like XCOM 1 a lot, but it, it is showing its age at this point.
1: Uh, especially since it doesn't show a lot of info, like... There was several times that I would uh, get in a situation where I'm yelling at the screen. Why can't you shoot him? He's right there. Yeah, and there's no information of uh, is there a line of sight issue? Is it a range issue? Is it the uh, you know the soldier being a dumbass and a graduate of the stormtrooper marksmanship academy?
0: Yeah. Whereas that's come to for in on that exact point, like it gives you more feedback on why Mm -hmm. somebody can't shoot somebody whether it's line of sight or um a range issue or you didn't realize you were out of ammo for a second Mm -hmm. because you know the ui isn't you know always the most helpful you know there's just some ui fixes the second one so yeah
1: yeah yeah um which is a little bit of a shame that there's literally only three weapon tiers as well it's uh yeah once you get to plasma weapons yeah you're pretty much in game uh, weaponry
0: yeah that's that's another thing there's more weapon tiers in XCOM 2 and there are special one off weapons that um have some pretty big advantages while also having some pretty strong penalties um so you know you can decide if you want to use specialty weapons um in in XCOM 2 and i think there's there's only three weapon tiers in XCOM 1 I believe there's five in XCOM 2, plus there's melee weapons, which is its own separate thing in
1: XCOM 2. Yeah, and honestly, some of the stuff in XCOM 1 I found pretty much useless, like gas grenades. Mm. Never found a reason to use one of those. Yeah. What do gas grenades do in XCOM 1? Uh, They're 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 poison.
0: Okay. Not useless in XCOM 2, um, because they do more damage. So, if you want to poison an enemy, you know it's it's worth your while to wait a few turns for the the damage to kick in because it it they do more damage.
1: Yeah, uh, there's also the needle grenade, which is a bigger blast radius, uh, the same damage as your base grenade, uh, but it doesn't destroy cover. Which honestly, half the time, that's why I use the grenades for anyway. To destroy cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about Long War
0: for a second. I guess you could talk about your mods mm-hmm. as well. Um so I, I started the game with the long war mod, and I've used the long war mod a few times. The long war mod is a huge overhaul and rebalance mod to the game that fixes some of the problems that I that we were just talking about. Um, adds more weapons, more weapon tiers, more equipment slots, more customization, sky rangers. more sky rangers. Um, by default, in the base game, you can only have one Sky Ranger,
1: period. Which which feels weird, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Whereas in, in The Long War, you can have up to two Sky Rangers per continent. So you can launch multiple missions at once. You start with 40 XCOM troops, and your maximum that you can have is 100, um... So you start with more, you can have more troops. Because the game expects you to be doing multiple consecutive deployments all over the globe. Like you're actually fighting an invasion. Um, Like you're a
1: global defense force instead of... Honestly, uh, XCOM, uh, at least the first one, it feels like you're a local defense force posing as a uh, global one. Because you you only have the one Sky Ranger. You only... Handle one mission at the time, and yeah, leave two. Whatever, like a terror alert pops up, and, you know, it's you have a choice of three missions, where you can only field one, and the other two are just left to rot. It's just it always felt very off to me. Yeah, but yeah, the Long War
0: mod gives you more Sky Rangers, so you can do do more missions at once, more troops, um, more tech, more customization. Um. Makes the game a lot more difficult. Um, Buffs up the AI's, you know, intelligence. um, You know, better decision making and stuff. Um, You start with more troops by default. In the base game, you start with four, can get up to six. In uh, Long War, you start with six, you can get up to eight. So right away, you're facing more enemies um, at once. Um, It adds more classes. Um, it may, it does make the game a lot longer, um, Depends by, ex- yeah, by extending the tech tree, how many battles you're going to fight, um, you know, and, and, all of that jazz. So the first XCOM you can beat within, I don't know, four, if you're really, you know, going for it within like four to five in game months, um, the game starts in, what is it?
1: March. Yeah. I of think its, its year March.
0: you can beat XCOM by the end of the year without having to try too hard.
1: Yeah, I I'm not sure exactly how far I am in. I've just done the first uh base assault. And I I knew that there was likely gonna be others because it was, yeah, a little too simple. Uh which you said that there uh, was war. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh yeah things are stabilizing a little too well, in my opinion. Yeah. But the thing is that, yeah, you know, going up to that next difficulty level is quite the bump as well.
0: Yep. Long Wars, normal difficulty is probably about as difficult as, as hard, um, easily as difficult as hard in the base game. But anyways, like I had played for like four in game months and I had just gotten like laser weapons like I was not I was struggling. I was on the struggle bus and I, I lost. I played I put about fifteen hours into that game and I lost. And so then I uninstalled Long War, not because I was like mad at it or whatever, but I was like, I don't have enough time to start another playthrough on Long War for Game Club. So then I installed a couple of the mods that you have, which is Commander's Choice, which lets uh-huh. you pick what um what class or what specialization your troops get yeah, whatever which- they
1: rank up the first time. Which is pretty much, in my opinion, should have been base game. Yeah. Uh, the way it is in the base game is that whenever you uh, hire new people, they're considered rookies. And whenever they get their uh, essentially first blood, uh, you only get experience by killing something, though. So, which is a little bit annoying whenever, yeah, the rookie keeps missing, because, right? Yeah. Long War fixes that. Uh, and so
0: does XCOM 2. Your soldiers get a base level of experience by going on a mission and coming back. Um, it's it's negligible in the late game, but early on, whenever you're trying to get your rookies up to squaddies so that they can get their specialization and their first big stat boost from leveling up, uh, it, it 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 matters.
1: Yeah, especially if you have a sniper that's at like 60 or 70-some kills already Yeah, in June. Uh, but uh, you're able to choose your uh, class. I have a, a map pack that just puts in more maps because that's an issue that XCOM uh, had just in general was that you see enough of them. Uh, I, I, you go to the same maps over and over again, so it starts to get a little bit samey. Yeah, and this is just a, a pack of uh, community-made maps. And like I said, uh, removing the free turn for the uh, alien to uh, be able to scatter, go into cover, start rushing you, or just turn uh, into visible bastards. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah,
0: I I used uh, Command of Choice, that mod, um, with stopping them from moving when you discover them. And then I used a map pack as well.
1: Yeah, you could only go to somebody uh, yeah, grocery stores, right?
0: Yeah. Again, all things that XCOM 2 fixed. There are still a limited number of maps in XCOM 2, it's not like they're infinite um, but there's variety for multiple biomes because you, you do you've got like a mobile base in XCOM 2 and you travel all over the world and mm-hmm. so if you go to, you know North Russia, you're going to be getting snow and tundra maps whereas if you go to uh, the Midwest in the United States, you get um, sort of more deserty. uh tight maps. So that,
1: that helps somewhat. But anyways. So shall we talk about the DLC so we can stop teasing about Melt?
0: Yeah, go ahead and talk about, talk okay, about the
1: so, DLC. So there are... Uh, well, there's a handful of just kind of cosmetic or very inconsequential uh, DLC. And then there's Enemy Within. Uh, uh, hang on, let me... I'm just bringing up the store page. So there's an Elite Soldier Pack, which is just... Yeah, extra uh, customization. There's the slingshot pack, which is a set of council missions that actually are, if you could survive them are highly overpowered because that's how I got a, a, plasma sniper rifle in like month two. Yeah. Was I knew it was coming because I'd played it before. So I set up to be able to capture a mutant be able to unlock the uh, plasma research early. So my squad was even fully decked out in laser gear, or was just starting to come up to it. And I captured mutant and unlocked the plasma research. Right.
2: Yeah. Those uh, the... in-game
1: weapons early on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it was part of my strategy, which seems to be working out. But the big one, the big uh, DLC, is Enemy Within. So. There's three main components to this. One is the mech troopers. Uh, You're able to essentially mutilate your uh, uh, soldiers and turning them into cyborgs by chopping off their arms and legs and putting them in robotic suits. The downside is that they can't use cover anymore. The plus side is they don't really have to because they have (laughs) absurd amounts of uh, health before uh, leveling up. Uh, They have some incredibly impressive uh, talents that help with uh, survivability and have massive amounts of firepower. Uh, There's genetic engineering, which is something I didn't mess with too much, but it allows you to alter uh, five aspects of uh, your soldier's uh, physiology. Make uh, it so that they're it's harder to kill them. They're able to see better, to uh, have a, a better chance to you know miss their enemy by a long shot. Uh, uh, bleed out uh, slower if they get downed. Uh, they could actually uh, some of the uh, some allows you to turn invisible if you're in full cover, uh, and, you know, out of line of sight of the uh, enemy to be able to go for flanking maneuvers. I mean, it's impressive, but it's also very expensive. And uh, both of those require a, a resource called MELD, which we've teased a couple times. And they're on most of the, of the non-council like council and story missions. There's usually two containers that you have to find on the map to be able to uh, capture and uh, get MELD from. Uh, they can be destroyed if you haven't collected them already and you get 10 per and i think a bonus of 5 if you get both or i could be mistaken on that one and both the mech troopers and the gene mods require meld to be able to, to uh use those uh different uh, te- uh technologies which are researched fairly uh, early but have to have uh specialized uh buildings in the base which count as a workshop or a laboratory for the uh bonuses on uh, connecting uh, base uh, facilities. Uh, did you work with the uh, gene therapy very much?
0: None in this playthrough. I, I did them in a previous playthrough. Um, the mech troopers, I, I think, are better overall. Well, You can also, combine gene yeah. mods with psionic soldiers. Yeah, I'd, I'd, a, ha, yeah I hadn't
1: gotten to psionics yet, which is base game, I believe. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a uh, base game. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, but the thing is that uh, you can't have gene uh, uh, therapy on, on mech troopers, and you can't have a psionic uh, mech trooper as well, because that would just be fucking overpowered, right? Yeah. Uh, the bonus of the mech trooper is that if someone's gravely wounded, uh, which could take you know better part of a month to, for him to heal up uh, before you get officer training school uh, stuff to... That reduce that timer. You just go in and start hacking away and make them a mech trooper. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, But but the downside of the mech trooper is that they earn experience at half the rate. So, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I I prefer mech troopers. Mech
0: troopers are very good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They can't, since mech troopers can't do psionics, they can't meet the requirements for the end of game stuff that you need. Yeah because you, you do have to have at least one psionic soldier, which the psionic soldiers are are good. Um, yeah, those, those abilities can get very, very powerful with how, like, you're being dicked over throughout the whole game with the guys who can, like, make your soldiers panic and shoot each other or just mind control, and it's like, ha, fuck you, I can do that now to you. And then the mm-hmm. mind fray ignores armor, so that can be really useful against certain enemies mm-hmm, so, but that's yeah, the Sonic soldiers are like the last thing in the game, yeah, and I'm just getting to that uh in did my playthrough. did you ever use
1: uh what are the little robot things? I can't think of their names uh, the scopes or no, not the scope, but I know what you're talking about. yeah, they're the little robots that you can
0: get that you not can really get honestly. soldiers they're not super good until the later ones because um, there's three versions of them. Mm-hmm. They get more powerful, and the first one is honestly pretty useless. The second one's okay, and then the third one is good, but by the time you get to the third one, your soldiers and their equipment will like, already outclass it. Yeah. I never understood why those were in the game. It felt like they needed like another another pass or two to make them more balanced.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I, uh, I think my first or second uh, playthrough, I tried using them. And I just got wrecked because uh, the mech soldiers, uh, if they get injured, well, they, you know, are pretty much back at full health whenever they get back to base. Those, they have to get repaired. Yeah. Which, now I'm trying to find what it is because it's, what the hell is that? Because... They're like right.
0: their little drone tank things. Uh-huh. Tank is is an exaggeration. They're they're small. They're like man-sized. they remind
1: me of the maps from uh, Stargate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I, I was a big fan of Stargate, so uh, SG one.
0: So so was I. I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that, but you're right. They absolutely are. They're probably inspired by that. I bet.
1: I would mm-hmm. be surprised if they weren't. Yeah. Now I'm definitely trying to find it. And uh, let's go over to the. F- foundry projects because a uh, heavy weapon uh, platform Shiv Shiv he- yeah yeah super heavy uh, infantry vehicle completely worthless yeah
0: they might actually I've never really used them in a long war they might be useful in long war the only benefit that they really have in the the early game is that they provide cover so your soldiers mm-hmm. can cover can provide cover behind them and that could be useful before you get decent enough armor. Like, every cover bonus helps. But, they're expensive. Yeah. At at least in the early game. You know, in the late game, they're not expensive. But like I said, comparatively, you know, your soldiers are better. I think the one, if I remember correctly, the, the final shiv that's a hover tank can, like, fly. So you can make it fly up to get that bonus. I believe... I could be misremembering that, but I feel like that's correct.
1: Yeah, I'm just uh, looking on here now, and it's just... uh, I mean, there's just so much on the shiv that you have to uh, research to allow it to really do anything, right? Yeah. It's a shame because, yeah, the shiv is actually a neat idea, but it's just...
0: Yeah, the shiv definitely needed another balance pass to make it a little bit more useful in... In combat, or a little bit cheaper to make
1: in, yeah, the, the, in the early uh, game. Yeah, uh, to give you an idea, the hover ship, the last version of it, it has uh, about the stats of a mid uh, rank uh, soldier, without yeah, you know, not counting any class bonuses. Yeah, but it does have a fair amount of health, but nothing compared to a mech trooper. It feels like the mech troopers just completely outclass the shivs in every single way. Yeah, shiv or mech troopers are awesome. There
0: are actual like robots in the second one that kind of replace the function of the mech trooper. Mm-hmm. Shivs do not return, and they will not be missed. So, yeah. Do you do you have anything else that you want to uh, well, say? Well
1: I, well, I didn't talk about the third uh, thing in the uh, enemy within. Okay. Uh, the, oh, oh, so Exult? Yeah, Exalt. Bunch of dickbags. Yeah,
0: Exalt are humans that um, have sided with the aliens and are working against you. And they've got their own series of missions that you undertake. Um, eventually you can wipe them out. But um... And
1: they uh, uh, actively work against you and steal uh, resources and then you have to send other undercover agents uh, and uh, deal with... Uh, them, which they've had some interesting uh, missions, but at the same time, you know, it's like I much rather be finding aliens here. Uh, uh, they're starting to become a joke because while they do have uh, uh, gene therapy and some rather extreme uh, amounts of it, they never really progress beyond laser weaponry. And if you're running around with Titan armor, the high-end armor and uh, plasma weapons, they are utterly fucked.
0: Yeah, Exalt troopers are more or less the default enemies in XCOM 2. the The canon for the game is that you lose the first XCOM, like that. That's the canon ending for the series. The first game is actually that you lose.
1: Well, I've done it seven times so far, so, all right. <laughs> Very true. You're welcome for uh, setting up uh, the next uh, game in the
0: se- in the series. But yeah, I mean, the Exalt storyline was certainly some added content. It, it, it does, it does feel like, nice, it, but... it,
1: like they are a bit of a joke pretty quickly, though. Yeah. They become more of an annoyance than anything else, which is a little bit of a shame, honestly. I'm not sure if it's just, you know. Uh, yeah, they wanted to focus more on like secondary content and not, you know, have so- something that takes that much of a focus off of uh, the primary, you know, antagonists. Yeah. Or, you know, if th- that's exactly what they wanted for Exalt, they honestly, ne- unless you really screw up, they never feel like much of a threat. Honestly. No. Unless, yeah, you know, on higher difficulties, they are um, would presume. I mean, I'm only playing on normal. You know, like, difficulty 2 of 4.
0: Yeah, I also only played on normal difficulty. I mean, this is one of those games where that the harder you make it, the more the AI just cheats. Yeah. And I, I don't like that. I've never liked... Never liked cheaty AI as the solution.
1: And you end up with a lot less resources as well. It's just... Uh... Uh... There was actually a breakdown of exactly what the difficulties did on here, I believe. I think you start off with a lot less, which doesn't make sense if, you you're supposed to be this elite. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so on normal, uh, the base global panic starts at zero. um, uh, HQ has 37 units of starting power with 25 available. Uh, minor alien activity increases panic by 1 if left unchecked with some events uh, doing up to 3 soldiers cost 10 XCOM bucks and start with 5 HP and gain additional 1 from body armor alien AI is shackled aliens can make suboptimal actions and are less likely to use grenades and abilities XCOM starts with a free satellite to deploy Uh, starting funding is 175 XCOM bucks Plus funding from other countries where XCOM uh, HQ is located. And then you start getting crazy where classic uh, Global Panic starts at 8, 1 per location. Uh, uh, XCOM HQ has 30 units of starting power. Alien Panic, uh, uh, Alien activity uh, causes one panic, but will, at least one panic, but will often cause 2 or 3 if left unchecked. Soldiers cost 15 per and start with only 4 HP, plus get an additional one from body armor. Alien AIs uh, uses grenades and special abilities much more frequently. All uh, ranged aliens except sectoids receive a plus 10 uh, aim and critical chance bonus. Sectoids only receive uh, 10 critical uh, chance bonus. Several aliens also receive additional HP, notably the health bonuses on outsiders and thin men paired with the, their high accuracy. Like, the first few uh, months, especially more difficult, right? Yeah. More aliens per pod. Satellite coverage produces fewer scientists and engineers per country. Uh, XCOM does not start with the officer training school because, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, no free satellite uh, unless the tutorial is played. And starting funding is seventy-five. uh Dollar or maybe five XCOM bucks instead of one seventy five, plus funding from uh, other from the country XCOM is located in, and that just goes up to classic. Never mind impossible, where soldiers yep. start with three HP, practically worthless, right? Pretty much. Did you use any
0: of the second wave options? Uh, no. Okay, there's not a too many that are unlocked by default there are mods that unlock more of the second wave options. Mm. Second wave options do a lot of different things, um, to change the gameplay. Um, some, for example, um, there's one, I forget, like, I forget the names of them, but there's one for example that if you,
1: if you want to ask about any of them,
0: well, there's one that, for example, whenever you win, you -hmm. just get the meld on the map. You don't have to collect it. So if you just win, you collect all the meld on the map.
1: I think that's default actually.
0: Is that default? Okay, maybe it it, it turns it off, then. Um, There's one that randomizes your soldier's starting stats. One that makes weapons do more variable damage. So, you know, it might be plus one minus... Excuse me, plus one minus one. So instead of doing, like, three to five damage, a weapon might do two to six. Um, There's ones that mix up the fog of war or that make your soldiers, like you know, panic. Um, I can't remember if it's called green mist
1: or red uh, mist, uh, red mist, uh, as, uh, combat wounds, degrade soldiers, aim and movement abilities for the remainder of the mission does not impact aliens. There's
0: one that it's like your soldiers get tired. And so to simulate that their aim gets worse throughout the course of a mission. So bunch of ones, a lot of them make gameplay harder. Some of them make it easier.
1: Oh, some but, of them. Uh, okay. So, uh, on the impossible difficulty, depending on when, uh, what difficulty you beat the game on, you unlock more second wave options, like you said. Impossible difficulty, war wariness, council funding decreases over time. E115, iridium degrades over time, which is a resource that you need pretty much constantly. Uh, total loss, loses all soldiers gear upon their death and then there's alternate sources, double the power requirements to build facilities. Crazy, huh?
0: Yep. So, yeah. Do you? I don't, I don't have any more thoughts, I don't think. Do you have any
1: other thoughts about XCOM? The game does really good about the tension, but I think it's more just having to pay so much attention to, you know, so many different things that I don't like to play it for long, long stretches, because you know, it's Okay, now if I move here, here and here, right? Yeah. And it might just be, you know, having to worry about last side and you know constantly trying to rotate m uh soldiers <laughs> to get, you know, more than just my main elite squad leveled up. Which, you know, good luck because yeah, you know, the sniper steals all the kills. Fucking kill stealer. Very true. But uh, the sniper is probably the best class in the yeah. game. Snipers are nasty, uh, even before mods, that you know, kind of unbalanced it towards the sniper. I mean, the fact that you could destroy cover with a grenade and then you know, just kill an entire uh, pod of enemies with a single sniper with yeah. the right power-ups is just horrendous. But yeah, I, I can't play it for long stretches just because of the tension. But that does say something about yeah, you know, just how good the game is, though. Yes, it is old. Yes, it does show its age rather uh, strikingly at times, uh, particularly on the management side of things, where yeah, you know, it's yeah, uh, you know, Fallout Shelter does a better job at building at base building, honestly, which is saying something, huh? Well, yeah,
0: but I mean, that's a core element of Fallout Shelter, whereas it feels like an afterthought for XCOM.
1: True. Uh, There's some weird balance things, like we mentioned, like the shivs being practically useless unless you have, like, a complete wipe and you just happen to, you know, have a couple uh, kicking around. Uh, But overall, it is a very good game. It's one that I think is worth playing for a a fan of turn-based strategy especially ones that want to kind of get into squad-based stuff because it's not overly difficult. It's not as crazy as uh, kind of the jokes about it uh, tend to make it where, you know, know, the game is going to dick you over. You're going to lose over and over again. It still feels on uh, the medium difficulty levels fair most of the time. And I think most of the time, whenever it feels like it's dicking you over, it's because of those, you know, Anti snowballing mechanics to try to prevent you from making it an easy win, and the graphics just yeah, you know, it's telling you you missed, but it's yeah you know, making it look a lot more goofy than what it really should, right? Yeah, uh, I do want to try Long War at some point, but eh, right? Yeah, uh, we got other things to get to, like right, like our next Game Club game. Um, so, for the
0: month of September, we are playing Call of Juarez Gunslinger. So we're going from a strategy yeah. game to a first-person shooter with an unreliable old narrator.
1: Twist. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the narrator in this. I've played it before. So, this will be kind of a lazy month for me this time around, because, right? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to what you uh, think about this game. Because I'm not sure how you feel about the Old West or first-person shooters just in general.
0: I like the Old West. I like first-person shooters. I don't play very many first-person shooters anymore. Um, Broadly speaking, so many first-person shooters have become Mm multiplayer-focused. I don't care about multiplayer unless it's, like, with friends. But, you know, a good first-person shooter with a fun story I'm game. I'm in.
1: Yeah, which is becoming more and more rare, huh? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and this uh like I said, it gets interesting. So, we'll see in four weeks with this one, huh?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um let's uh let's talk about some news topics. Yeah, the um, community corner. Indeed. So, our first uh, news topic, you editorialized the, the title a bit. Covering yeah, combining a, a couple, a, yeah, combining a
1: couple uh, things for Roblox.
0: But yeah, Roblox, shenanigans, and mass murder.
1: <laughs> uh, so shall we talk about shenanigans first? Sure. Uh, th- this was, I think, we're, what did they sent in by Jim? Or? I don't um, know, but I could go look. Um, submissions i uh, yeah, Jim said in the uh, yeah, Jim sent in both of these. I, I knew at least one. Uh, I found it. Yeah. So well, let's the shenanigans. So essentially, Roblox is essentially kind of Minecraft only with a absolutely massive uh, market on it, where people, and by people, we mean kids, most likely. Uh, create experiences because if they call them games, they get in trouble with the iTunes. Uh, right. uh, they create experiences that other people could go play on and spend money in their game or, sorry, experience. And if you get to a certain milestone, you're able to cash out. But there is just so many obstacles in the way of that. That it's absolutely ridiculous. For one, in order to cash out, you have to hit a $1,000 worth of Roblox. Of Robux. Robux, yeah. But then they take a cut of that after they take a cut of everything else before that. So you get 350 bucks, Right? Yeah. There's a video on this article that is enlightening but also terrifying that kind of ties up everything in a nice uh, 22 minute uh, story and there's this interview with this 12 year old and he is the most cynical burnt out game developer I've ever seen and he's 12 and it's because he's been trying to deal with the Roblox community or the Roblox community where There's no discovery tools, so unless you're spending more money that you have to put into the system uh, to bid on uh, their uh, ad spots that come up for auction, which, oh, they're for auction, so care, guess who gets them? Oh, right, the people that are already making a ton of money. There's no way to be able to get money to have uh, players into your experience to make money to be able to fund your experience. It feels very um, multi-level marketing, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Those are the vibes that I got from it, and that was what was discussed on this previous week's uh, uh, podquisition, where they talked about this in in a bit more detail on there. Um, And yeah, it does feel very MLM. Because, you know, you got to spend more money in order to make any money, but the amount of money that you actually make is not comparable with the money that you spend. Yeah,
1: never mind the fact that they put the milestone to be able to cash out at all, at such a high uh, threshold, and then take so much of it. Yeah, I can understand, I still think it's kind of
0: bullshit, but I can understand there being a small milestone to cashing out.
1: Just to saving a little bit of hassle. Small milestone is not a thousand dollars worth of robots. No,
0: small milestone in my mind for for this, with it primarily being younger people who are making anything off of it, would be like fifty bucks, maybe.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it it makes me worry a lot about the next generation of uh, game developers. Uh, just getting burnt out and hurt by the system before they're even out of middle school.
0: Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but it feels very much like the games, the current games industry is killing the next generation of game developers. hmm
1: And never mind the fact that uh, what they're learning in this is proprietary stuff. Yeah, you... Know, you uh, the kid in this makes a very, very, very good point that you can't take your game and just go to Steam because it's in the Roblox uh, Roblox uh, community and there's no way to export it out. So unless you learn to be able to build your game from scratch, which does not translate uh, any of what you've learned from uh, all the tools in-game... You you're essentially starting from scratch once again, never mind the fact that, you know, if you're building some sort of multiplayer thing, which supposedly a lot of the big experiences just happen to be casinos, because of course they are, right?
0: Yep. Thankfully, my kid hasn't found any casinos, but I mean, you know, I'll sit in the living room and watch him, you know, play, you know, out of the corner of my eye or while I'm doing something else.
1: Uh, so, I mean, how many mass uh, uh, shootings has he been part of?
0: Uh, none, unless you count zombies. He was—he's been playing some game that's like more or less like the zombies mode from Call of Duty. But oh, you know, with Roblox characters, yeah, only shittier. But I mean, I've got a shitload of parental controls set up for that stuff. Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm not like you know, I am well versed in this. I don't expect to be able to keep him from ever seeing anything that you know, I wouldn't approve for his age group. I'm mostly concerned about him not spending money without it going through me. Yeah. Because which... I mean, he sees stuff, and, and he wants to impulse buy. He's seven. Mm-hmm. You know, despite our best efforts to teach him impulse control, like, he's seven. Mm-hmm. So, he, like it's like, oh, I want to buy that. Oh, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. It's like, no. <laughs> if you want to buy things, you can spend your allowance, and we'll get you some Robux, and then you can buy stuff with the Robux. And when they're gone, they're gone. Which,
1: you know, 500 Robux won't buy you shit. I mean, hell, a uh, thousand Robux is $100,000 uh, worth, I should say. Yeah. So that should uh, tell you something. I mean, oof, right? Yeah.
0: There are definitely some fun, good experiences on there for kids. There's some educational stuff. Um, and my kid has found some games or experiences that he has it and likes to go back and play that have to do stuff with like the Titanic or, um, you know, bridge building or whatever rope. I will give Roblox this, like, you know, even though their tools or, well, maybe not their tools, but even though the game is simple, you can do a lot of robust things with it. Like you said, kind of like in that Minecraftian way, you know, in Minecraft, mm-hmm. you get some redstone and make some circuits and some gates and you do all kinds of crazy stuff. And Roblox has got, some similar um,
1: things that people have been able to put together, but they've also have a lot of game uh, of easy to access game development tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to go down the rabbit hole, but like I said, the, it's all proprietary stuff as well. So, yep, uh, this kid went to camp to learn how to build rope, uh, blocks experiences, and yeah, that doesn't really translate outside of just general game development terms and ideas to be able to do anything outside of this very walled garden. You're not going to be able to build something to put on Steam because you you have to get completely different tools and learn those. Never mind perhaps programming as well, depending on exactly what you're wanting to do. Uh, There are some just plug-and-play, you know, easy-to-build stuff uh, if you're wanting to build something simpler, but, right? Yeah. So what's the uh, the part two to this? Well, we, I was gonna say, kind of... uh, one other thing is that I had no idea Roblox was this huge. I knew it was big, but damn, right? Yeah, Roblox is gigantic. And it was rather poignant whenever they started comparing it to painless script. Yeah. But yeah, uh, go watch the video. It's really enlightening. It should be in the show notes. If not, it's in the uh, Roblox exploiting uh, young game developers, right? Yeah. So the other one is Roblox is struggling to moderate recreations of mass shootings because, of course, they are right. Yep. You
0: get enough people together in one, you know, metaphorical room, you'll have some
1: some of those people show up. Yeah. What What was the uh, idea. If you have an infinite number of monkeys typing on an infinite number of typewriters, they'll create Shakespeare. And yeah. uh, it turns out, also, all the mass shootings in the world. But the one in particular is the Christchurch one that they are having trouble uh, moderating because uh, yeah, the Christchurch mass shooting because it... One, it's, yeah, uh, Islamic public. So... Yeah, there's assholes wanting to uh, go shoot brown people, right? Never mind, right? Yeah. Uh, but also, because it's a very general name, and it would uh, filter all a lot of religious stuff, they can't just filter out the name Christ Church, because, oof, right? And yeah. And then they get into high, hot water for filtering religious stuff, and it's just... And I'm sure this is not the only mass shooting issue that they're having. It's just, this is the one that the article is about. Yeah.
0: My kid has not played one of those games yet, but
1: who knows? Give Maybe someday. But it also makes me kind of sad that it's so bad that they can't even filter it because yeah, there's so many of them popping up. Yeah. I mean, my... What little faith in humanity I had has taken a beating in the last, oh, year and a half? 18, yeah, 18 months. <laughs> uh, but this is just oof, right?
0: Yeah, it is, uh, it is an, an adventure, an experience. I've thought about playing Roblox a couple times, looking for games that I would enjoy, and every time I'm like, nah, I've got better games, better things to spend my
1: time on. Yeah, you could always just go play Minecraft instead, right? I could. I'm not going to. Build your I'm, own Roblox with uh, Blackjack and hookers. Absolutely. Actually, I'm sure there's an experience somewhere for that. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I don't... Um, Just thinking here, I don't know what else to say about Roblox and the instances that it's in. Like, I think that it deserves... It, it needs some scrutiny paid attention to it, but like when we were discussing in the pre-show... People only have so much energy to give to lawsuits. And mm-hmm. we've got some major, major ones going on right now. That is not a segue, it would be a good segue, but it's not. We're not actually going to talk about any news articles in depth this week just because that we're, you know, kind of burnt out on them, but they mm-hmm. still exist in the news. So if you want to know, you could Google them. Um, but that brings us to our other sort of editorialized topic, which is uh two. That we combined since they were similar, which is gaming restrictions
1: come and go. Um, well, uh, as they come, China kids are limited to playing a whole three hours per week of online gaming. Yep. Oh, all right. Yep. Good thing it's not gaming in general. Can you imagine playing a Kojima game? <laughs> uh, get, <through laughs> you would half, never get, finish it, get, get through half a cutscene. Yep, because it doesn't save. You'd have to start over the next time you played. So this is China cracking down on online gaming because, yeah, that's what they have to deal with. Under new mandates, uh, companies are barred from offering their services to children outside of a small window of time. Those under 18 can access online games only on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays and only between 8 and 9 p.m. According to the report, uh, minors are also allowed to play during the same time on national holidays. So how generous of them, right? They get a full oh, day a na- of the national holidays, not one of those three days. The dual rules also state that companies must make sure players are using their real names to sign on and must prevent individu- individuals who don't use, their time, uh, uh, their, don't use their true identity from logging on anyway. Because that's kind of the open secret in China is VPNs. Uh, China, there's uh, the Great Firewall, China, but VPNs have always been kind of the back door, and it's uh, part of the culture of uh, China is cheating to get ahead, or the, part of the Chinese culture. We've talked about this before. Yeah, we talked about uh, uh, cheating uh, in Asian countries, but particularly China, is that. The idea of bending and breaking the rules as long as you don't get caught. And VPNs have been kind of this backdoor that you know been this open secret forever. So uh, I really think this is just going to hurt those that do play along the rules. And, right, it's so Yeah. I don't... When
0: I first saw this, the, the headline was something along the lines of, like, China bans kids from playing video games except three hours per week. Which, technically true, but the way that it's said makes it imply that, you know, they get to play video games yeah, this, one yeah, night. This is,
1: yeah, this is online games, so, you know, your MMOs, ARPGs, Bobas, uh, uh, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, we'll see how it goes. China is basically a totali- totalitarian regime in all but name. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, they haven't gone full North Korea, but... Right. Yeah. It is also interesting. They also set a strict uh, limit on the amount of microtransactions that a miner ha- uh, could pay in between $28 and $57, depending on the child's age. I yeah. Mean, right? Yep.
0: And then, you know, the, the flip side of this, as as adults, um, that could wind up limiting your access and your time. That could also, I mean, that would be extremely frustrating to have it dictated to you, like hey, find time for your kids to do stuff during these hours never, on
1: these days. Yeah, never mind the fact that it is a set single hour. So, you know, if something happens or, yeah, you know, right? Yeah. You know, you're one hour of uh, free time, right? Yeah. So. it uh, yeah, is. Yeah, it's kind I of funny how uh, 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 I, I know this is probably going to make you sad, but I'm going to go with it anyway. How the anti vaxxers is talking about how the US is going full tertiary, uh, totalitarianism whenever yeah. there's vaccine mandates and max mandates. No, this is what a totalitarian uh, regime looks like.
0: Yeah. Governing what you can and can't
1: do during your free time on a whim. And setting arbitrary limits for no other reason than uh, we can. It's not saying, uh, allowing businesses to. Mandate a vaccine whenever businesses could mandate other vaccines, right? Yeah. Or bitching and money about your children having to get a COVID vaccine whenever, hey, guess what? There's only one state in the union that allows religious, uh, 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 complete religious uh, exemptions from uh, childhood uh, vaccination, right? Yeah. Ugh.
0: But yeah, I, I mean, I suppose we'll just have to see how, wait and see how this turns out in China, whether or not it'll be something that, that will garner them some backlash enough to press pause on it or or they'll it just back push or change and, it
1: right.
0: yeah but I mean China as a country is changing not all of those changes are good or desirable but it is changing and making itself more and more open and accessible to other parts of the world surely we'll see some policy ideas bleed over I expect we'll see some go the other direction too for what is almost
1: certainly probably worse. I do have to wonder about, uh, the companies that have pushed so hard to get into China and, uh, have these big, massive, like first person shooters. Uh, yeah. suddenly have a good chunk of their, uh, possible user base get restricted to literally three hours a week. (laughs) That have bent over backwards for the policies, uh, Changed edited their games now, yeah, right, yeah, a little bit of Shrine for it, huh? Yep,
0: yeah. too bad China is the single largest market in the entire world, so mm-hmm. we won't see any repercussions for this from, from companies. Maybe some yeah. radio silence about it for a
1: while. I mean, definitely, actually, some radio silence for a mm-hmm. while, but-, but hey, on the flip side of things, uh, South Korea is ending their curfew, yeah. So um, uh players under the age of sixteen in South Korea have a re- right regions to celebrate the country plans to end its shutdown law uh that's prevent underage players from gaming between midnight and six AM. So not nearly as restrictive, but at the same time, right? Yeah.
0: So let's see here. Um I didn't get I didn't see this until we were getting ready to record, so I have a glance at the article. I didn't read through this one super in Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's
1: essentially the South Korean law uh, prevented uh, gaming overnight. So starting at six, uh, sorry, starting at midnight through six a.m., minors were not allowed to have uh, to game. Uh, I think it's just in general. I could be mistaken on that one. I'm, i I glanced through the article, but I didn't see anything about. It. Uh, strictly online
0: gaming yeah let's see a to prevent gaming addiction at the very least it gave kids a 6 hour block to get some sleep which gaming addiction generally speaking bullshit no merits behind it addiction people can become addicted to anything if the circumstances or their particular addicted
1: to uh, 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 accumulating addictions
0: there's probably a, a, a name for that a special name for that Bitch, be crazy? I don't know it. Being addicted to addictions. Uh, Well, there's some... Google's giving me some information about addiction.
1: Do
0: you you suffer from an addiction? Do you need help?
1: No, I need more addictions. Google,
0: you don't have enough degrees for me.
1: (laughs) Uh, Don't mention degrees. You'll start uh, saying, well, there's 360 degrees in a circle.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you were in counseling and you had multiple addictions, they would just be called comorbid. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Until they figured out which one was the the main sort of issue.
1: Uh, Uh, Yeah, it looks like this was targeted towards, like, cyber cafes and online gaming. Uh, Just from uh, the brief article on this, I mean, it's kind of uh, interesting that the more infamous uh, South Korean one's going away just as China's pushing... Uh, Such a much stronger one, huh? Yeah. Sometimes I walk a very fine line
0: on these articles. Because personally, I think governments should mandate more things in more cases. And this could just particularly be a U.S. thing. Because Mm -hmm. we have basically no consumer protection and very little regulation that's beneficial to anybody except people in power.
1: Yeah, and what regulation we have is... Uh, been walked back so many times, never mind that all those regulations have been written in blood. Yeah. So often multiple times. I
0: don't, I don't, I think kind of where the line is is like, I don't mind governments making regulations on things as long as they're done in good faith. And mm-hmm. China, China's is not being done in good faith. And maybe it sounds like Karenia is saying, like, you know what, we don't, we don't need this anymore. So we're just going to chill out a minute. Like, I feel like that's a good faith thing as well.
1: But, yeah. Um, I think that about covers it. I don't know. Do you yeah, have anything I mean, else? Yeah, I mean, uh, yay on South Korea, I guess. Yeah. Now you could uh, play StarCraft uh, into the wee early uh, hours of the morning. Also, it would suck if yeah you, know, you had a friend overseas that you wanted to play with, and oof, uh, time differences, right?
0: Yeah. That would suck.
1: So, right, um, yeah, that is it for Community Corner. If you wish to contact us, VGL Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, drop by the Twitter, VGL Podcast over there, or you dr- go to the Discord and leave something there like Jim did this week. Uh, you can find a link to that over at VGL Podcast.podbean.com.
0: Indeed. It's like you read. Well, I mean, that was the next natural place to go after a pause, but,
1: like, you read my mind. That was was what I was about to say. Yeah, and that's the least horny part of it, by the way. Yeah. Um, So, we're actually pretty early, so do you want to doobly-doo? Yeah, we can doobly-doo for a discovery queue. Okay, and I got, of course, my queue up and ready to go. So, how about some sprocket? Go for it. Sprocket tank design. A tank design designer slash driver battle game where you go in design a tank go uh, take it to battle rinse repeat and it looks actually interesting there's uh, a fair amount of well parameters that you could change on uh, the tank uh, change its angles of armor uh, various tank treads add different weapons Uh, the Trailer gives a lot more of a uh, (laughs) makes it look a lot more in depth than what I'm giving it credit for. Uh, but yeah, early access in 20 bucks. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So I got Psychonauts 2. Yeah, you and I, I talked about yeah. this a little bit on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I'm playing
1: that, and that was actually my next one on the queue, but go for it.
0: Yeah, it's so it's available on Game Pass right now if you have Game Pass and you're listening to this, but I mean, it is the mm-hmm. sequel to Psychonauts. 3D sort of action platformer um, where you are diving into people's minds and engaging in platforming and puzzles to help them solve um, whatever their psychological issues may be. I have heard pretty much nothing but good things about this game. Yeah,
1: um, I, I I've been playing it. I'm most of the way through. I'll be talking about it next week. I hopefully should have finished it by then. Yeah. But it's for better or worse a continuation of Psychonauts. It has a lot of the same problems that the original game did. Yeah but it also improves on some of the things that the game did uh, the first game did really well. Um I'm not sure about 60 bucks, but that yeah, that's just yeah, you know, be taking pause at triple-a producing these days. Yeah. So
0: yeah, looks looks neat, especially if you liked the first one, seems promising.
1: But uh would um, say just drop the money and play it on Game Pass honestly.
0: Yeah, need a lot more stuff both on Game Pass and that is coming up. Anyways, carry on
1: oh hang on i'm i'm that that game looks like it's in very bad taste so yeah. i'm gonna skip it let's just put it this way it, it's a, a simulator about being homeless ah. and it looks like it's in very very bad taste gotcha Uh. so i got continuing on missed because okay. yeah What uh, that's what we needed is another re-release of Mist, right? Yep. Gotta got compete with, uh, obli- uh, Oblivion, I guess. Oh, sorry, Skyrim. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of a better, uh, Elder Scrolls game. Uh, I mean... <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I just laughed at that. Carry on. Uh, I mean, pretty much just a remaster of the original game. I'm not sure how much they changed gameplay-wise. It does have a VR and standard mode. I haven't actually played a ton of uh, Mist in really any iteration. So... Not sure how they uh, changed this. It does look like uh, uh, they are including a lot more language support uh, with uh, some more accessibility options. So, yeah. I mean, it's Myst if you have any interest in one of the staples of PC gaming? Oh, there you go, right? Yeah.
0: Um. So I got twelve minutes. Twelve minutes is a sort of time loop game where that you you the player has to try to to solve an event and keep your yourself and your significant other. From being like arrested or killed or something. It had kind of a cryptic trailer at E3. I've heard a little bit of positive buzz about the game so far, but Yeah, I'll I, watch I am the, going
1: to. The, the zero punctuation about it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to play it, um, maybe even buy it, depending on where it, where it turns uh, up. I
1: believe it's coming out on Game Pass.
0: Okay, sweet. Then yeah, I'll be playing it on Game Pass. I'm very pretty, interested in this game. I'm pretty sure um, it's
1: either coming out or it's out on Game Pass.
0: Yeah, so beyond sort of its Groundhog Day, like. You know, repeating the same day or time period over and over again. Um, it uh, has got like its other sort of big, I don't know, claim to fame or whatever is its voice cast. So they got James McAvoy,
1: uh, it's Daisy it Ridley. Already. It, it came out already. Oh, on Game Pass? Yeah, it's on Game Pass.
0: Fucking A, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> selling that to play this week. But, anyways, it's James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem Dafoe. In my mind, the best part of that game, uh, he's the man is is a legend, one of the greatest of all time, of just being a weird, over the top actor. And then Daisy Ridley, obviously, um, the the start. Well, maybe not obviously, if, if you, you know you as a listener doesn't pay attention to you know film stuff. But um, she was uh, Ray in the latest Star Wars trilogy, and then James McAvoy has done a ton of stuff. Um, the thing that I know him most for is being, uh, Professor X in the newer X-Men movies, um, starting with, uh, whichever went back, went back to the sixties, first class, I believe. But I mean, James McAvoy uh,
1: uh, And then there's Days of Future Past as well.
0: Yeah. But I mean, James McAvoy is an excellent actor in in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in, so...
1: And also the, and also the butt of one of my favorite Deadpool jokes... Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, whenever Deadpool's uh, being told to, he's going to go uh, see the professor, he's asked, uh, uh, Stewart or McRefoy?
0: <laughs> right. Nice. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. All-Star Voice Cast. Looks like a fun and interesting game. Can't wait to play it.
1: Well, right. uh, well obviously you have been because it's been out on Game Pass for a, a week or two now.
0: I didn't realize it was on Game Pass. Like sometimes I, I just miss stuff and like you know the new releases or the recent releases.
1: Well it was in between Train Sim World Two, Human con uh, Recompile and the Quake remakes.
0: Yeah, recent recently added.
1: That's a yeah. hell of a lineup, huh? Yeah. Uh, of course we know the real star of show there is at Microsoft uh, Solitaire Collection, though. Absolutely. 11 out
0: of 10. Greatest of all
1: time. Best video game ever. So I- I'm kind of on, like, a retro theme. so uh, Or a reimagining of classics. Even though this isn't a classic, it's a, a genre that's on the resurgence. Black guys are Couriers of Darkness. A... Looks like a rather hardcore CRPG. With modern sensibilities as well. Uh, there's been a, a, quite the resurgence of it lately. Uh, of this genre. Uh, between the Wasteland series, obviously Divinity Original Sin. Uh, oh shit, I'm bl- blanking on... The uh, new Baldur's uh, the, Gate. Yeah, the new Baldur's Gate. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking the one we played on uh, Game Club. A tyranny, tyranny. Uh, that one as well. I mean, we're seeing a kind of a new renaissance for CRPGs. So yeah, there, there's another one for you. Uh, it's early access, so that's a big red flag right now. Because right, yeah, that, that's a, a major issue with uh, RPGs. Is that uh, we saw it in Divinity Original Sin where the first part of the game is polished to a pristine finish and then you know the last part that just didn't have you know the year or two of early access uh you know was it felt a lot rougher so hopefully this doesn't you know have that same feel to it it does look like they're planning on three major phases and they're still in the first phase uh With uh, the next phase adding quite a bunch of content. And how long is this going to be? They're planning to release the full version in the first quarter of next year. But right, that's very ambitious. Hope they uh, make it, but at the same time, wow, right? Yeah. So
0: I got uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2.
1: Yeah, I just got that one as well, but go for it, since you played the first one.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, the first one is a Jurassic Park park builder, essentially, and it adds missions and different islands and yada yada, so, you know, some stuff for you to work towards to unlock and whatnot. Um, overall, a solid, pretty solid park-building game. Um, plays pretty much exactly like how you'd expect it to. The dinosaur theming is what makes it special and interesting, you know, the the official Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World. Um License and this is a sequel to that game made by Frontier Development. So, the guys that did Elite Dangerous, but more in this genre, they did uh, was it Parkitect? They did a generic, you know, theme park builder, which a lot of people seem to really love.
1: Um, I think it's Parkitect because the other one is Roller Coaster World, and right, uh, Planet Zoo. As well, that might be the one you're thinking of. Oh, no, they did Plant Coaster, so uh, Plant Coaster was kind of the uh, well, the more just designer instead of the uh, business management, uh, you know, uh, more in depth one like the old roller coaster tycoons were, yeah. So, uh, with, and, you know, just lousy with the uh, DLC as well. Same with uh, Plant Zoo, it seems. So, yeah. Actually, i a little surprised that Jurassic World Evolution didn't have a ton of DLC on it. I know I had some, but not as, to the degree that Plant Coaster did. Yeah. Well, never mind. I must have misread it because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 8 different DLCs. $77 worth. I must have just skipped over that entire section of their... Uh, th- they're paradoxing their games. They've gone full paradox. So, I'm coming up a little drought this week. So, I'm diving into a sports game. That honestly looks like it's from you know the early 2000s. Uh, Axis Football t- uh, 2021. Uh, there's not a lot of options for American football. Uh, especially on PC. Outside of Madden. So it's nice to see someone trying to take it on. Yeah. Graphically, it d- it's not very impressive, but supposedly it actually plays pretty well. At least according to the re- uh, the previous one, I saw reviews for that one, and it's a, a hell of a lot cheaper as well—thirty bucks compared to Man being what seventy now. Yes. So if you don't mind no, it not man. having the uh, NFL license and being just you know, Doused with uh, DLC and uh, microtransactions. Well, right.
0: Yeah, oh, I just got Srocket, which that was your first one, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. looks legit. I'm into that.
1: All right. Well, I got one last one, but let me know if you hit something. You got two of my. Uh, one says I pulled them up, so
0: yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, that was my cue for this week. Pretty.
1: Uh, Pretty some as well. I got well, three. Well, my last one is Tetris Effect Connected. So, uh, a multiplayer-focused expansion to Tetris Effect. Is that right? Yeah. I, I didn't really care much for Tetris Effect, but I think it's a combination of not being particularly good with uh, at Tetris and be- it being incredibly flashy. Yeah. It, it just felt overly distracting to me. And you know, the whole idea of it was you know being very flashy, being over the top. So right, yeah. But well, supposedly there's a new co-op and competitive uh, online modes in this one. So right, but uh, yeah, that see. is oh. yeah, that's my cue, Don. Uh, all right, cool beans. Well then, hey Rage, hit them with the socials. Well, I've been caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gaming with Cr, where I uh, bitch about the weather. <laughs> Uh or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me Caffeine Rage, and you've been Gaming Psychologist. You can uh find me on the YouTubes by
0: searching for such. Find me over on Twitter at JMA4707, where I could talk about many things, but oftentimes just shit post. Can find me on uh runic art's Twitch stream every week where I play in a vampire the masquerade game. Playing as just the worst character in the game um in our last session that we played, I took joy and gleefully mutilated someone um in front of their in front of their spouse so uh and described yeah, your character it in was kind of a dick as well then yeah, then my character was also kind of a jerk that session, so no if that's if if any of those things interest you, you can look me up um. I usually post on my Twitter as well. If you're like, I can't remember that it's runic arts. Then you just remember at JMA four seven zero seven. I post reminders uh, there too. And bitching about people in your state.
1: And that too. Idiots. Uh, Well, if you wish to contact us, contact us. Once again, it's future podcast at gball.com with your letters, voicemails, game related topics. Tweet us at VGL Podcast or drop by the Discord, which you can find over at VJLPodcast. Podbean. and if you wish to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, and we wish to thank our patrons, uh, Patreon. com podcast for help paying for this absolute madness. And well, Jared's not sorry, but he has no shame. <laughs> He has less shame than his character, which is saying something. Indeed. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Cube music is doobly-doo, both by Kevin McLeod, both of which can be found over at Computech.com, and...
0: As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye
1: by now. See you next time. Bye-bye.